If you are watching the Boombastic cast, you're making a big mistake. Yeah. folks all right folks welcome back to another episode of the boombastic cast and uh boy do we have a treat for y'all out there this evening this evening right here you know what i mean uh we hope everybody is excited if uh we know we 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 tender to the highly educated people so we we get an idea you know who's on the show already by reading the title you know what i mean (laughs) but in case you don't know we got Michael St. Michael's in the building from uh, a film that I love, The Greasy Strangler, man. He, he been in a bunch of things, but Greasy Strangler is the film, I feel. I love that film, you know what I mean? We're, we're going to take a walk down the entire uh, memory lane career-wise. So we'll get to The Greasy Strangler, all right? We'll strangle our way into submission into that. But, you know, we're... Uh, where, where did, where did the, the, you catch the acting bug? We'll start with that. Uh, I always had it. I mean, uh, I uh, my first time on television, I think I was in preschool. It was a show called Happy Talk Time. And unfortunately, Mike, you know, they asked what we did that weekend. I said I went to a movie and they don't tell us about the movie. And I said, well, a car rolled down the hill and crashed and a bear came over and ate the people. And uh, they didn't think that was a big, happy topic. So I never got to speak again on that show. But every day they gave me a set of Lincoln Logs or Rector sets. And that was on the old Dumont network in the late 40s. Uh, And the guy who ran the show was this guy, or the moderator, I guess, was this guy, George Putnam, who became uh, sort of the Rush Limbaugh of his day in the 50s here in Los Angeles. Uh, He was a newscaster and uh, like that. You've always lived in Los Angeles? No, I'm from upstate New York originally, from Poughkeepsie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, Poughkeepsie. And... uh, my father didn't think we were doing well in World War II, so he sent us to Mexico. And uh, then I lived, well, then we came back to New York, and uh, then we moved to California, and back. And I was back and forth between New York and California until I got uh, into the Army. And, and then uh, I've, only been, I've only been back to New York twice since then. Yeah, which uh, is a shame because the place is gorgeous, and I'm from the Hudson Valley, and that's really nice. You know, we're close to Sleepy Hollow, yeah. and or you know, Rip Van Winkle's home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York definitely has an energy to it for sure. 
when you when you yeah. you know what I mean? You just get there. It's not only that quick paced time, you know, that New York minute type stuff. It's just mm-hmm. there's there's an energy about it because so much cool stuff's happened there and continues to happen there, you know. Yeah, and it was so clean this time because I was there uh, with the Greasy Strangler the last time. And uh, it just amazed me because the time before when I was there, which was 40-something years before that, I guess, they were having a garbage strike and there was nothing clean in New York, especially in Manhattan. (laughs) Now California is dirty. You know, it's the yin and the yang. It goes back and forth. Yeah. But what can you do? No, I don't know. I was going to become homeless, but I couldn't find a vacancy anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they say being homeless is the new being rich. It's the new deal. Yeah. The new chic. <laughs> homeless chic is big right now. You know mm. I mean? Yeah, you can tell it's it's really exploding. <laughs> I have uh, I have a jersey made of trash bags on its way right now as we speak. Yeah, very good. <laughs> it should be as a, you, I, I got a little tent out of t-shirts that have me on them. I like that. I support <laughs> that. I want to make a sailboat. I want to make a, a, a sailboat on wheels that I can ride through the park on and collect change. I think yeah. I'd be a big. I think I'd be a big hit if I did that. Hmm. Now that's going in style, man. <laughs> You bring theatrics to it. If you really put on a show, you gotta, you know, you get a little extra. You know, you get a little yeah. more. Hopefully, give a little more, get a little more. You know. Yeah. No. Then I I discovered punk, and uh, with a few friends, we opened a punk club in San Diego, and that was great. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it was a lot cheaper than sailing, and <laughs> I had to do it every week. We were sailing. I mean, I was lucky to get out there a couple times a month. <laughs> yeah, the club atmosphere is awesome. I've always said, like, if I was in a place, I'd love to be able to kind of, you know, go in on or, or kind of like work at one. It's just like a movie theater where it's just always entertainment 24-7. There's always something new. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's go, go, go. That's quite a, I mean, the schedule's pretty probably nonstop, probably like a musician's. Just go, go, go. What would you think? What would you yeah, think of that? I was, I was still doing hair then. So, you know, between Thursday and Sunday, I never got to sleep. Yeah. And uh, which didn't bother me. I mean, I'd show up to the club. I'd be exhausted. And by the time I got out of there, I was usually pretty energized from the music and everything. Yeah, the come down. You know what I mean? They say that wrestlers, you know, like wrestlers, they do the big show. And then they get out and they always go to the strip clubs and such right after because they're looking for like a, a little wind down. They're so Their energy is so heightened from all the excitement and people cheering them on that there's no way they can go back and go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the club, I like the clubville. The, 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 the hairdressing thing, when you're doing the hair, how'd that come about? Um, I just thought it was a great way to have sex. I mean, you know. <laughs> It really is, though. That is pretty genius. I, uh, I actually got pretty good at it. But... Uh, the sex or the hairdressing? Pardon? Uh, the sex or the hairdressing? Which one yeah. uh, did you get better with? <laughs> That's the real uh, question. <laughs> well, probably both. I don't know. It was, uh, you know, because it's it's a craft. The more you practice, you know. Uh, but, uh, 
No, I it, it was it was pretty weird. I, I saw this movie Shampoo, and that changed my life really as a hairdresser. Anyway, I got serious about the business end of it, mm-hmm. and uh, got myself rated in the top ten percent internationally for cutting. And uh, but I always said if I could find something that was either easier or more fun, I switch. Yeah, and uh, it's not easier being an actor or being in film, period. But it is more fun, yeah, and, or it can be. Uh, um, <laughs> it can be a real nightmare too. Yeah, it can be, uh, <laughs> you know, it has a hair grows out, and, un- and unfortunately, these movies get to stay around forever. You know what I mean? I know. There's, uh, well, there's some out there that. I was in that they won't go away. <laughs> Absolutely. For shizzle. Well, well, we'd like to run through the run through the career a little bit. I know the first credited acting credit you have is for different strokes. Yeah, I don't know where that came from because I don't remember doing it. Uh, but then again, at that time, I'd be working one or two jobs a day. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I vaguely remember, I think, I was there, but uh, I'm not sure what I did. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, you hear that You hear that a lot with TV, you know, with the TV where every Monday is something different, Tuesday is something different, Wednesday is something different, Thursday is something different. It's just go, 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 go. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, especially at the level I'm at or was at. Yeah. I don't know, uh, being locked up for the last year or so, yeah. uh, I've been watching all these old shows. I got to see myself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept wondering what the fuck ever happened to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole club atmosphere and, and that, and, you know, that atmosphere, the, the acting atmosphere, I mean, it's, it's quite a jump. What you do now? You said you were doing like the, the hair stuff and the club stuff at the same time, and the acting yeah. as well. You were doing all of this all together, or no acting? Uh, I I made my great escape. Uh, there was a a naked woman out in the street with blood running down her arms. Gorgeous woman, really, uh, who had uh, broken the windows of the house across the street. Uh, and as the cops drove up, she said the guy inside was a drug dealer and they kept his stuff over there pointing to my place. And so I just sort of threw on some clothes, grabbed a Bible. Went, I did find a bunch of drugs that I didn't know were there. <laughs> I took them back to the laundry room because this is like, you know, cottages facing each other and a, yeah. kind of a hall or a, an open walkway. And I was coming out of the back when the cops came up to my door and they, they looked at me and says, who are you? And I gave them my manager's name and I said, what are you doing? And I held up my Bible going to church and <laughs> I left. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I, I, I got home, I got back to San Diego maybe three years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
it would when you run the punk club you, you got any memories of it where anybody i'm sure a lot of cool people had to have come through you know what i mean any favorites that you remember i liked fear yeah i like the naughty sweeties uh we did the last show that the dills did we uh had the dead kennedys i think we did one of the last shows that jello was in oh really uh and uh there were uh you know there was uh well, I saw a decline of Western civilization because they shot a lot of that at our club in San Diego. Okay. Yeah, I got and, that. Uh, you could see my feet in there. They wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't show the rest of me because I was wearing a suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something about we were getting raided all the time. I mean, we went on, nothing was bothering us. You know, we, we had good crowds. Everything was fine. And one of my clients was a news director at one of the channels in San Diego. And she did a thing on the club, said it was a good place for kids to hang out because we didn't have an age limit. Yeah. We didn't, you know, the only, if you wanted water, you would have to get it out of the sink in the bathroom. Um, That's we, uh, yeah. we collected a lot of boobs and stuff <laughs> at the door. Yeah. And, uh, but, that weekend, the cops came every show we did and shut us down. Uh, and if I wasn't wearing a suit, for some reason, if you're wearing a suit in San Diego, the cops will let you walk out the door. And uh, so I would take the money out so we could pay people because, you know, I mean, they were practically working for nothing. <laughs> but they deserved what they were were owed and uh that was uh yeah it was like it was fifteen hundred bucks to open the place and forty thousand dollars in legal fees later uh they threw the case out of court and uh we would have sued to try to get our money back but we couldn't find a lawyer to take the case so that was the end of that uh my brother, on the other hand, had a very successful career in music. He and Tim Mays have a place called the Casbah in San Diego, which is uh, pretty famous. I mean, they, yeah. Uh, he also had a club in Tijuana for a while called Iguanas. Yeah, I dig uh, that. Which was really nuts. Uh, I know for my birthday one year, he had. The cramps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very musical family. That's cool. You guys both, you know, both get into the music scene. Yeah, he, well, I don't know. He came to the opening night of the Skeleton Club, and his car got towed, so he never came back. And <laughs> <laughs> he took it as a bad omen. He said, I yeah. <laughs> Now the the first film that the, the video dead. We'll talk about the video dead real quick. You know what I mean? Okay. Very fun horror film out there. Um, now you open up the piece. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now you they now Alexander. Are you familiar with the video dead over there, bud? I have to admit uh, that's one that uh, that I I missed. I hadn't uh, seen it. A- Alex is typically not your your general uh, horror fan, you know what I mean. But but he loves. Hey, it. hey, hey, hey! I'm 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 getting into it. I'm I'm trying to catch up for lost time. Give me a break, okay? 
That's all you can do. That's all you can do. I I was really pissed because originally I was the first 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. Tributors made them cut all of me out and put more running around in the woods and shit like that scenes. Uh, I also came back and played a zombie, uh, Jack, who died uh, a few days into shooting, and I was the same height. Although I had brown eyes, he had blue eyes, uh, you know, and <laughs> things like that, but uh, they didn't seem to mind that so much. And I had a lot of fun being a zombie. Oh, yeah, I mean, I got killed as a zombie. Uh, I killed a zombie. I got killed as me, the person uh, partying with the zombies. And uh, but you didn't see the party scene, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, just, it, you know, had this dead body at the thing uh, with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> it's a it's a very fun film uh, for anybody out there. A quick synopsis: It's kind of like um, some delivery men. They come and deliver a TV. Um, to Michael's character's uh, house, and uh, they go in there, they set it in there, and when you plug it in, it starts to play a horror movie. And, um, you know, the curse is released, and the, the dead come out of the TV. Uh, some very cool imagery in it. And um, you, the first person killed off, you know what I mean? Um, and then take, t- take, I'd love to see this d- the director's cut with the extra 20 minutes. Uh, very fun movie. We have, we got a friend of the show. Chris McGibbon, gigantic oh, yeah. fan of the dead. What was he? What was he? One of the zombies, or uh... oh no, he's just a viewer, a spectator. He's a big fan. Ah, he's a big VHS guy. He owns Zeiss, so he hunted down multiple copies of it on VHS. Yeah, that was done as a limited partnership, and somehow when Avco Embassy went under, uh, I got cut out of all the proceeds for the thing. But I know they showed it on TV here uh, Halloween last year. And uh, I don't know. I finally found a piece of my a part of my contract. Yeah. And, uh, I I don't know. I think I'm entitled to my three quarters of one percent. Because I mean, I made almost thirty thousand dollars off that thing before they went under. Yeah, I mean, it, it just got re-released on Blu-ray a couple of years back, so there's money yeah. being made on it, you know what I mean? I'd completely forgotten about it, and some guy in Boston found me and uh, asked me about it. Yeah. Uh, so I talked to him about it, but uh, yeah, it was a fun shoot. Now, where exactly did they shoot that? Well, that California? Yeah. Uh, the front door of my house is in San Rafael. Uh, the living room and the kitchen are in Mill Valley. And my bedroom is in San Francisco. There's a large house. Yeah. You know, movie making. Movie making yeah. is finest. <laughs> Craziness. It's, uh, yeah, the, the next door definitely... Uh, well, what you should do is you should go pick it up on Blu-ray, but then mail Michael a, che- a check for $5 because he needs his cut. It's, 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 it's crazy when you, you know, and you deserve it, of course. It's, it's crazy, you know, 
you know, you hear these stories of back in the day where like the mafia put up the money and all this crazy stuff where like, like George Romero never made any money off a night of the living dead. You know what I mean? Just like some, just madness. You know what I mean? Uh, very unfortunate, but I'm glad that, yeah, you try and get something out of it at least. Well, I did. I mean, it, uh, it. Yeah. you know, I, I got to be in it and, uh, for a while, it got me lots of free drinks at my local bar. There you go. Uh, that's always a good perk because I was a heavy drinker then. Yeah. And my local bar was a block away uphill from where I lived, so I could always get home. Yeah. And, well, it's, it is downhill to the house? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just roll on to the front door. That's yeah. the way you do it. <laughs> you got to work with a good, good friend of us, ours, uh, James Balsamo, and cool as hell too. Yeah, that's true. I did that with uh, uh, Kate and Philip uh, at the very first, uh, you know, con I ever went to. I was I was amazed. I mean, I I couldn't believe people were actually paying me to sign pictures of me and. Uh, I loved it. And Phil, uh, when I met him, I had no idea who he was. He comes up to me when I came into the hotel. He grabs me, picks me up, swings me around, says, dude, you're the best actor in the world. Yeah. And I'm thinking, who the fuck are you? And would you put me down, please? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see him in Indianapolis. I guess it's Days of the Dead or something that we're doing there. Yeah. Uh, going to be there, and I guess we can hang out on Saturday or something. Uh, yeah, J- James is a super good dude. Always working. That dude 24-7 always doing something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah really- that was total improv. You know, and, uh, it's it got two scenes in his film, so that was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was years before I saw it. Uh, I ran into him uh, while we were making uh, Smash Mouth. Uh, his booth was next to where we were, our set was. And he gave me a copy of it, which I sent to Phil because he hadn't seen it either. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't spoken to me since then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Troublesome nature. Troublesome. <laughs> really. Hey, shout out. Happy birthday. His birthday on the thirtieth. <laughs> we shout out happy birthday, Alexander Hawk. The, the gentleman in the picture below us is actually his birthday today. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, happy happy birthday. Birthday. <laughs> love and joy to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. We're gonna pop. Let's pop into a film that I love very much. All right, the Greasy Strangler. Now, I want to open this up by saying we make independent films. And, you know, we'll see a lot of indie films and some of them kind of miss the mark. You kind of see where they're going for a quirky comedy, but it doesn't quite work out. Um, and the way that, you know, they use, I, I, in my research, I realized that every, every little bit of dialogue was scripted. You know what I mean? But the way that it's performed, it just flows. You would almost feel it was very improv like, you know what I mean? So, uh, how did you get involved with the Greasy Strangler? We'll start off. Uh, well, I read uh, for uh, 
an evening with Beverly Luff Lynn a couple of years before the Greasy Strangler. And I got a call back, you know, and I read again for a different character in the thing. And uh, I didn't really, I think I spoke two words with Jim uh, when I was thinking about what I was going to do for the next part of the scene, because the whole thing was new when I got there. It wasn't what I did before. And uh, and then later, uh, I did this show called, or this short called Making It, with uh, Katerina Fabrik, uh, who uh, they found her, and she told me they were looking for me. So I went up there, and the casting directors really worked hard for me, which is the first time I've ever seen casting directors do that, because I know I've had that job too. Uh, and usually you just, you know, do your thing. Uh, can you give me a little more of this or a little more of that? But they were very specific and very good. And Jim was in there for that one. And uh, I know on the way out, he says, do you mind being naked? And I says, well, I don't care as long as I have to see it. <laughs> and he says, we wear a prosthetic dick. And I said, sure, why not? You know, and, uh, that thing saved me though, because I never felt naked. I always had my fig leaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not to not to pull back the curtain too much, but the, the yeah, and I didn't have to. I didn't realize how many times I would end up seeing that film. <laughs> Which it's a, it's a good the thing first, overall. Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was I was in shock uh, because I have a mental image of myself, and that wasn't it. Uh, and uh, I remember during the Q&A, somebody said, grab that microphone away from him. <laughs> <laughs> and by the next day, I started thinking, well, in 10 years, I'm going to wish I looked that good. <laughs> That's how it goes, yeah. Yeah, it looks super uncomfortable. Uh, to pull back the curtain a little more, I believe it, for a, lo- a lot of it, you got like a bodysuit on type deal. That's all, yeah. all greased up, yeah. And then a little on the face. Um, that stuff was horrible. It was that stuff would give you frostbite in the Sahara in the summer. It's, <laughs> it's ice that they use under it, and it's uh, it's all menthol and something else. That, but I mean, you you'd be shivering on a hot day yeah. in this stuff. And uh, one day, I had a sit. They had a they. At first, I was in the sun, and then because people were walking by, they built a tent for me to sit in, and I was in that for about seven, eight hours, uh, and they put a space heater in there for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't go out because, they, you know, we were shooting in a residential neighborhood, and they were upset about kids seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> But once it's released, it's okay. Everybody will see it once it's released. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Somebody drew me a picture, Rob, and I, I have it on my uh, fan page. As a seven-year-old kid uh, did this thing. So I guess I'm now kid-friendly, too. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So letting him watch it, you know. Captivating all different audience, age audience groups. Mm. You know what I mean? 
was uh, was Beverly shot before Greasy Strangler and released after or come later? I was uh, I was supposed to go play the bartender in that, but I uh, had an accident and ended up in the hospital. And uh, but he brought me in anyway to be the voice of a cartoon in the background on a TV during one of the scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, Jim has been really kind to me. He brought me to the Dominican Republic to do uh, tropical cocktails. And uh, I did three episodes of that. Yeah. And at about a month's vacation there because I only worked four or five days during that period. And the rest of the time, I had this great condo overlooking a pool in a beach yeah. and uh, with a restaurant and bar, the thing. And uh, unfortunately, I, uh, I remember they said, uh, you got sick yet? And I said, no. And the next day it hit me. You know, so I learned how to sneeze and shit my pants at the same time. <laughs> Wonderful talent. <laughs> out of the ocean, get me out of the pool. <laughs> I just didn't want to go down there and leave a brown trail behind me as I went. <laughs> yeah, Jim's a super talented dude. He's definitely one of those people, one of those filmmakers right now that's like, you know, on the come up, so to speak, on the peak, if you will. You know what I mean? Well, I hope he hasn't peaked yet because he's not that old. I, I just, uh, I hope he does well, and uh, and I want to work with him again, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen the Beverly flick, too. That was really cool, the evening with Beverly uh, Loughlin there. Yeah. Was good times. You know. I saw some of his shorts, and I like them. Um, Is that how you guys – how'd you guys first, like, get in contact? Uh. Like I said, I, I went to this reading. Just the auditioning? Huh, yeah. Just uh, the big. And uh, for some reason, uh, they liked me because I usually don't audition very well. I know I've had two auditions since then, and I sucked at both of them. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I can't take it seriously enough, which is bad because my job really requires you to do the audition, you know. And, yeah. But fortunately, on the strength of the Greasy Strangler, there, people are just hiring me. Well, that's the thing when you when you nail like a gigantic, like a character. Actually, yeah. Actually, it's it's, it's uh, funny. Um, I have actually a little connection. I got to work with uh, Carl Solomon on a, a film in uh, California just a few months ago. Really great. Yeah. He's in the video dead also. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was great working with him. He's a great guy. He is. He is. Yeah, our, our Alexander Hawk down here is an actor cruising all over the country, doing he, all over the world, all over the world. He, he left the country last year. We're so proud. And, and, and they actually allowed me back in. So I'm, I'm happy, happy about that. Yeah. Well, they, they, they medicated you. You're not allowed in. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, 
Yeah, the, the whole, you know, the Greasy Strangler, to go back, the great score, the score is fantastic, you know. Um, they had a great vinyl release. I'm big into the vinyl releases now. That hat, I wanted to bring up the hat, that pink, greasy hat. Yeah. That would be one of the greatest marketing campaigns that I've seen. Everybody had that hat. It was, it was great, you know what I mean? I have one of them. I'd hope so. I'd be disappointed. If you didn't have one, I'd be disappointed. Actually, this isn't mine. It uh, belongs to an ex-girlfriend who said I could borrow it, and she left it here. Now it's yours. I love that hat. I, I, can you still get them, or was that like when they were just the release, they, they dropped them? Uh, this is part of the first 500 of them. Yeah. They've, made, they've had several runs since then. Uh, Sky is the person to get a hold of. He had some, I know, he was selling. Yeah. Yeah, and Sky, we'll talk about the cast a little bit. Uh, Sky Elabar, I think, uh, pronounced fantastic, you know what I mean? You know, Elizabeth Durazo, I also want to comment because I thought she was superb. Like, I think I wouldn't, I don't like to say people stole the show or anything because I think if I was to say that, that'd be you, you sir. But I think that she was uh, phenomenal. Like, you fall, fall in love with her. You know, she's very sexy, very fun. You know what I mean? Um, and superb acting, you know, the, the, because of the zaniness of the film, it's not exactly the easiest film to act in, you know what I mean? Especially if that's not your typical type of acting that you want to do. So I could, I could definitely see, you know, it takes courage for all you guys to kind of act in that film. You want to do it. No? No, they dragged her in kicking and screaming. (laughs) And she kicked one of the producers off the, off the set. Really? <laughs> well, before she would shoot, uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I really, I, I thought of all of us, she was the best of us, and uh, you three definitely was, kill it together. Yeah, Sky and I had a lot of differences going through that. Uh, we're sort of like uh, Peter Laurie and Sydney Green Street. Where Sky with Sydney Green Street is always right there, has all his lines down, had everything totally together, and I was like the Peter Laurie who, what was that? What was I supposed to say? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten better, but uh, I had this fungus growing uh, in my sinuses that it started to get into my brain. And I couldn't memorize anything for a while. Uh, they got rid of that. And, uh, of course, haven't, we've been locked down since we got rid of it. But Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's gone. Yeah. If you guys, you guys had a great dynamic, and it's quite possible that that, that might, might have helped that dynamic. You know what I mean? Because of those moments where you, you guys get or more, he gets frustrated with you more so, you know. But you guys both get frustrated with each other. And yeah. uh, great dynamic. I, I it was. It's fun it, to work with because yeah. you know I can really piss him off. Yeah, and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I really thought the Greasy Strangler was a family values movie. Yeah, I'm trying to teach my kid to grow up here, and <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Take the, the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, you know what I mean. It is a family movie, it really is. You know, it's it's 
you know that you, he's accepted in, and it's it's a weird world. It's definitely that I love so much. What I love about it so much is the weird world it is. You don't see filmmakers, actors, producers that are investing in stuff ever take that. That's very outside of the box film. You know what I mean? It's like super outside of the box. Um, and like what I was saying earlier with the with the with the dialogue, it's like it works the way that it just it's so snappy and it works and it feels so natural. And there's a lot of characters. I mean, there's the faces in it are great. You know what I mean? From the supporting cast all the way to the extras in the film. You know what I mean? Um, they, he, they have a great. He, he's a master of using he's like Sergio Leone kind of. How he always really knew how to shoot a face, you know. He'd probably love to hear that comparison, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I blame it all on Jim. Of course, <laughs> it's all his fault. <laughs> Every bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you <laughs> for absolutely allowing me to be a piece of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? How was this? How was that set? You know, I'm, I'm sure. Is it a you know, like, uh, I'm sure it's not, I'm sure, I, I doubt that it's very serious. I mean, you'll get the work done, but I feel like it's almost like a fun, you know, I, I hate to use the word fun because when you say fun, people think you're just dicking off and not doing your job. But like fun yeah. is in the element of you're doing your job, but enjoying it. You know what I mean? Uh, it was tough. I mean, uh, that house was a wreck. Yeah. Uh, that scene where I'm crawling out from under the bed, I still, you know, I got some kind of weird rash from the junk on the rug. <laughs> uh, there was a whole wall of black mold in the hallway. Uh, the street scenes we did uh, have a lot of trucks. And uh, it smells like an open sewer there, too. <laughs> uh, the beach scene, we were just north of LAX. So we had lots of interference with the, uh, with airplanes and uh, things like that. Uh, if we could have missed every bit of time we had. The yeah. last scene, they put us somewhere and we're supposed to come skipping up hand in hand. They had the camera pointing the wrong way. By the time they figured it out, We'd lost the dark, and they couldn't shoot it again. Uh, there were a few things we didn't get to do that I really wanted to do because I worked on how I was going to do them. But, uh, but that's a movie, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's great editing, and that soundtrack uh, just really made it. Uh, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have done much without that soundtrack. Yeah, it's definitely it's, it, it's very catchy, poppy. I mean, it's everything it needs to be. You know what yeah, I mean? it sets the mood for every scene. Um, yeah, Andrew's a really creative guy. He's a he's part of a punk duo in London called Fuck Button. Fuck Button, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew That's Hunt. A great name. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's worked with Jim before. Oh, he did a, he also did the evening with Beverly in there too, a Tropical Cocktails. Yeah, mm -hmm. they they they're a good collaborative team, you know what I mean? Yeah, they are. And sure. uh I like yeah. to see that. You know what I mean? Music. Yeah, it is. I mean, they uh 
I don't know, uh, oh, what's his name? Harvard, uh, you know, his co-writer. Oh, um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Toby, Toby Harvard. Toby Harvard, yeah. He, uh, you know, everybody thought he was just a figment of Jim's imagination. <laughs> so we got to Sundance and he showed up. Yeah. And uh, I, I went up and said, thanks for the words. And he said, oh, I was Jim. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I got to hang out with both of them on Tropical Cocktails because they were both there. Yeah. And they had, I don't know, that was, they stopped collaborating after that. They got some kind of argument about a film that they were working on. Yeah. Uh, I heard they were going to get back together again, but then when everything got locked down, who knows what's going on now. I think people, yeah, I think people appreciate those relationships more coming out of COVID. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think I did did Elijah. I think I heard Elijah Wood in an interview say that like the movie got kind of after it was done. You guys held on to it for a little bit before the release. Uh, It when it showed at Sundance, it was not completely done yet. No, but it. It was there. I noticed some changes by the time we did uh, the uh, film festival here in L.A. for the opening uh, in that October. Uh, it had tightened up a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, it was amazing. I mean, that, there weren't that many people who saw it. And uh, the, the, day, the next day, we were, you know, running around doing interviews and everything. And I'm waiting in line to go to a bathroom, and this couple comes up and starts doing the hootie tootie disco dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that had everybody staring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. How was it bringing a film to Sundance? And it was like well received at Sundance, too. It was. It was, uh, I think, I, I don't know. Uh, I've never been there before. Uh, I'd like to go again. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, as far as far as it goes for independent cinema, you know what I mean. I think Sundance is it. You know, you have like cons across the water, but as far as here, independent cinema, you have, it's that. You know. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite uh, film festival was the Chattanooga Film Festival. Uh, I had more fun there. Yeah. Uh, how how is it watching? How is it watching it with an audience live? Is it real interactive, or like they they react to it to the screen and stuff? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Because I could see this being one of those films like Rocky Horror Picture Show, where they have people come and you know do the dances and stuff like that. You know, in middle of the movie. Right. You know. Yeah, I did. Uh... I went to Omaha for Creature Feature, uh, which is a local TV show uh, where he had a screening and I signed autographs and Sky was there and uh, it uh, it was pretty good because the theater was pretty well packed. Yeah. And uh, I like that. Oh yeah, it must have felt great. I mean, 
to, to, to be in a room full of people watching and appreciating what you do, getting those laughs. I mean, yeah, you had to have felt fantastic. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a beautiful thing. And the, the Greasy Strangler is, uh, it'll be around forever. That That's the one I think that that will be around forever. It's really like a masterpiece of independent comedy. You know what I mean? I feel new age. Uh, it seems so, to be yeah. growing still. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I now have, I now cannot have any more friends on Facebook. <laughs> they only allow you 5,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's ridiculous in a planet with billions of people. Right. They can only have 500 friends or 5,000 friends. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to figure out a way to make you pay monthly to get an extra 5,000 friends. Mm. That's, that's how it goes. Um, my cash flow wouldn't allow that anyway. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last year I worked for a couple of days. I made three thousand dollars, and uh, haven't worked. Well, I, I did a, a con up in Vegas, uh, and you know, but that's the only time I've been out of the house, really. Yeah. How do you <laughs> speaking of the crowd participation? How do you like the cons? When when, when did you first get started at doing the conventions? Uh, well, that would be in South Carolina, uh, uh, three, three, four years ago, uh, right after the Greasy Strangler came out. That's the first time I'd ever done anything like that. Uh, and like I said, I was amazed. People were, you know, uh, paying me to sign autographs and, uh, I was well pampered. That's good. Uh, I was surprised that the video dead has, has such a following there because people were coming up out of the woodwork with things from the video dead there. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I thought that was long gone at that point. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that a lot. You'll hear that a lot about because nobody really ever makes money off of them when they come out that they just think that they just got their loss forever. You know, they're in a, they're in a, some some closet somewhere in the dark trying yeah. not to deteriorate. You know? Well, actually, everybody made money until the distributor went bankrupt. Oh, really? The video that's, did, yeah. That's a good I deal, made, then. I made a few grand. Uh, uh, Robert Scott, uh, he bought a house in Malibu. <laughs> oh, well, all right, then. Uh, he had a, he lost it in the property settlement, but you know, because it went to his head, you know. Uh, easy come, and, easy go. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> I don't know. Last I heard, he was uh, doing episodic television as a uh, first AD, and he may be retired now too. I don't know. I tried to get a hold of him, but didn't get any response. So. Yeah. So now I, I know throughout the one of the, the current films that you're working on with Sophia and Michael Epstein, um, uh, with Neil, of course, Neil Jones, our buddy. Now that's kind of based, that's convention based a little bit, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're selling blenders. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie that was 50 years ago and uh, I got fired. They hired this other guy to finish it. And, uh, you know, that creates a rivalry there where I was trying to ruin his career, but he didn't have one. 
Yeah. And then there's Fingers, which is out now. Uh, I did that in Florida. Uh, uh, I've seen it. It's, you know, it's, it's on Amazon, I believe. I think you can get it's on Amazon. Yeah, I think they're all on. It's on a couple other ones, too. Uh, that just came out not long ago. It was supposed to go to theaters and have a release, but they put it out on that. Uh, Mr. Juan Ortez uh, is another one that makes movies. and He's got another one coming out soon, or he's making another one now that I'm not in. Oh, <laughs> we won't talk about it then. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mike Lanzini, who did the action figure. Uh, yes. And uh, we did the Five Golden Rings, which is on a couple different YouTube channels. Uh, yeah. It's on the Severed Limbs Film Festival, the second part of that. And then it's on the Kings of Horror uh, YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. And uh, I like that. I, you know, it's sort of like a Twilight Zone episode. I, I love the Twilight, Twilight Zone, you know? Twilight yeah. Zone. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Twilight Zone, you don't see that formula that much anymore where it's like, uh, usually in horror, they're really going for the, the gore, the gore it out or something. But I love the Twilight Zone, smart, twisty endings and the, like the smart thinking type uh, horror. You know what I mean? I'm glad to see that. So uh, you, are you tip, are you a horror fan or when, when you're not, when you're not making films, what type of movies you like to watch? I, I watch everything I can. Uh, I've only walked out on one movie. That was Christine. Oh, really? Two. There was another one called It Came From Within. I walked out on that one, too. Uh, they were just too excruciating to sit through. Christine? Uh, huh? John Carpenter's Christine? Yeah. Really? Okay. I, uh, I don't know. There's just something about that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Ford guy. No, I, 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 I had a Christine car at the time. <laughs> so beautiful. Stephen King loves those car movies. He's got that other car, that Buick eight, number eight movie, too. Are we ever going to see you uh, directing? Uh, I've done that. Uh, it's good to be king, uh, but I'm not, I, I don't really. Uh, have the stamina or the energy uh, yeah. like that. I mean, to do that, you need, I would need an incredible amount of support. Yeah. And uh, I, I prefer being an actor. I would like to be, you know, I'd like to start another film of some sort, uh, but I'm really great with day player or character parts and things like that. Uh, I just love being on a set. Uh, there's something about it. I, I don't know. It's like being in the army, which I really enjoyed when I was in the army. But, uh, you know, because you've got all these people going in the same direction. And, yeah. and but fewer people get killed. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, not that they don't die, but I mean, you know, fewer of them have. Yeah, well, you know, as long as there's no bad reviews, right? <laughs> I, no, I've kind of enjoyed some of my bad reviews. <laughs> I've had a couple of people call me a real hack. I mean, I think I post them all on my fan page. 
Uh, and, uh, I mean, there, there, there are critics out there who, uh, will just tear everything apart. Yeah. And, uh, there are some who, you know, totally ignore you. And, uh, there are other critics who think you're the best thing since sliced bread. I don't know. Yeah, there's no counting for taste. Right. Uh, yeah. But, uh, one of my favorite was this guy calling me a hack actor. I, whoever he was, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Work. Yeah. <laughs> there's a thin line between love and hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, they, they take the time to notice you. I from what I'm from what I'm told, they are, a lot of critics are people that like pursued that dream in whatever craft that it may be, and it didn't quite pan out for them. So then they became like critiques of it. <laughs> so it's all coming from a bad place originally. No, I don't know about that. Particularly. I know people who study film just no, because. I, no, there's that, good ones out there for sure. You know, I, uh, I they're important. You know, they uh, have opinions. Like, uh, I really, I miss Siskel and Ebert. I'm sorry they died. <laughs> they are too, yeah. And I like Joe Bob at the drive-in. I Joe think Bob's. He's, he's, he, he reviewed, uh, I was surprised he hadn't seen the Greasy Strangler yet when I last saw him. But he reviewed Light Blast, which is the movie I got my SAG card on. And uh, he also reviewed the video, Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, and I really enjoyed his column when I could get it. Joe Bob at the drive-in. He's uh, he's wonderful. Yeah, Joe Bob's a good guy. We interviewed him for a documentary a couple of years back. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a really I good. I got dude. to do a married with children with him. You did. Yeah. Well, let's hear about that. Married with children. My God, talk about a show yeah, way ahead of its time. You know what I mean? I did a, I did three or four of those. Uh, I also did In Living Color. Uh, damn. I got killed in all but one episode. The only episode I didn't get killed in is where I'm using breast implants for tension relief at the office. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> how, how was it working on Married with Children? It was good. It was a good show. I mean, they were they were very good to you. Uh, it was fun. Was, was that uh, like... Was the insecticide guy. Yes, uh, yes. I... Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think, I think I was just an extra on that one. Uh, but, uh, we sat down, had lunch together and talked about some of the movies. He was looking for Rocky, the guy in the, uh, the video dad who plays the kid. Uh, he disappeared. I know, uh, I can't remember her name. The woman who was, uh, was really the, the, I thought the star of the movie, she disappeared. I know she came to Hollywood, probably got married. Yeah. And became a housewife, I guess. I don't know. But, uh. Steady you know, work. 
There's steadier work in being a housewife, I hear. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Married with children, you know, when you when you did that, do you when you going into a film like that, a, sh- a show like that, that is like very punk rock and like gigantically huge, like is is it, like the buzz around, like going on to it. Do they know that they're making a very like cool punk rock type show, or is it just kind of str- just business as usual type deal? Uh, it is uh, business as usual for everybody there. I mean, yeah. they had a uh, hundred and something in the can already by the time I showed up. Yeah. Uh, in Living Color, I probably would have become a regular if they'd gone another season. Um. But it didn't. I might uh, bring it back. There's been talks of bringing it back. And I did Hunter for two and a half seasons as an extra mainly. I did have one. I did. I did see myself speak in there once. Yeah. Uh, I finally saw that about two weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, that was cool because I'd never seen that particular episode before. Like I said. Since I've been locked up, I'm watching all this crap that I was in that I never got to see because I was always having to work. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do. And it's streaming now. Everything's like streaming now. So, <laughs> yeah. I see it. And uh, I still haven't seen the open house or duet episodes that I did. Uh, I'm sure they'll show up sooner or later. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of little things here and there, you know, that. Hell yeah. Forget about it. Hawk, you got any acting questions? I know Hawk's an actor. Well, just, I mean, uh, watching Greasy Strangler, I mean, as Matt said, it's it's a great film. I loved it. Um, I mean, I, I, for me, I mean, I'm a heavy guy. I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that like wears a shirt when going to the swimming pool. I mean, how, how did it feel? I mean, I mean, you were, you know, naked for a whole bunch of that. I mean, did you feel self-conscious at all? Or how, how would you, you know, like maybe advise someone to get over that if, if they're doing like, uh, scenes in the film where they have to be, Naked or mostly naked? Well, as an actor, you're a tool of the director. Uh, if you're self-conscious, you're self-conscious. Uh, personally, I don't really care. And like I said, I had my fig leaf on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I never really uh, gave that much thought. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, you know, it just. They let you keep anything from the sh- from the greasy strangler. Do you have like the, a rubber dick hanging up in the bathroom? <laughs> no, it's in a plastic bag in a credenza. Good man, good man. <laughs> there were two of them. One of them fell off one night, and. Uh, it's got uh, Sky's footprint on it because it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you can always use it when you uh, decide to bring a lucky lady home. Like, 
hey, you want to play with the Greasy Strangler? Yeah, I thought I'd auction it off after, you know, the 10-year anniversary or something, if I was still around. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be here. What, 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 when when, when uh, signing autographs, what saying for, do they have you put on the autograph the most? Or to try, to try to put you on the quote. Well, I don't know. Yeah, usually it's keep it greasy or uh, artist. have something they want you to say. Or yeah, uh, they have. I, I mean, you know, blessings and love. I like uh, just because I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember Wendell Corey, he had a good luck in love was his uh, thing when he was an actor. Of course, he's dead too now, I guess. But And uh, I don't remember what Richard Boone did or Hopalong Cassidy, but I had their autographs at one time. Yeah, hell yeah. I had Sean Connery too, because I... I was his photo double and stand-in on uh, uh, Dancing About Architecture, which I'm not sure what the name of it was when it came out, but uh, I got to work with a lot of really good people and learn from them. Yeah. And that's what it takes, I think, is, uh, you know, now I channel dead actors uh, yeah. who watch old movies and uh, think about them. Yeah. And some yeah. of them I've met because I somehow got to. <laughs> yeah. That's how the craft is handed down. You know, it's a tradesman type job. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. pass off ideas and stuff. You know, when we first started our shows, me and Alex over here, we, you know, we're from Massachusetts. So like we're not in California, New York, where you can like, you know, be lucky enough to maybe bump into somebody at the coffee shop and get some advice. Or if you know someone knows somebody, you can go over and talk to them. So like doing the podcasts are kind of like our way of being able to sit down with, you know, actors that we appreciate like yourself and kind of talk shop and get some advice and all that and use it as a good springboard for like other people. That's why we kind of like the whole film aspect. Yeah. Well, the best advice I ever got was uh, have a thought in your head and let go of your face. <laughs> I like that. As long as you're thinking something, there will be life in the scene. And as long as you let go of your face, you won't, you know, look contrived. Because, uh, you know, you just... You let it do what it wants to do. Yeah. That's great advice. And uh, I'm, I'm going to follow up that great advice with my, my, one of my favorite lines from the film where it says, I normally come with, I usually, I, I, know, I normally lay uh, six cum ropes and, that, and, that, and then it turns clear. Every time I hear that, I, I have to stop the it's movie. All about my ropes, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of these, did it take, like, some of these lines, did it take multiple takes to be able to say it without smiling? I know you guys are professional actors, but, like, some of these lines are devastatingly funny. Um, with me, it took more takes than with Sky, because I, uh, you know, Jim wanted it right. Yeah. And, uh, and I did, too. 
And even one day I know I thought I came to the set totally prepared. And I was so wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> Guy and I did the rehearsal and everything was fine. And then we shot it. And he said, no, 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 no. It's this. <laughs> It's, it's a collaborative effort, you know what I mean? The whole way you know, through. It is, it is, you know. It's, it's, like I said, it's like the army. They can go home after. Yeah. <laughs> the, is, Jim, is Jim a gentleman of multiple takes? Or I know you, you know, or is he one of those dudes that I know the dialogue's there, but he wants to try it different ways? Or does he know exactly what he wants going in? Uh, he doesn't give. He gives you some latitude, but no, he'll he'll get it. He'll do, he'll do as many takes as it takes to get what he wants. Yeah, and you know, and what he needs. Uh, sometimes you can't because time constraints. I know uh, that scene in the park uh, with uh, you know when she walks away from me. Uh, the last bit of that was shot without anybody on the camera or anybody anywhere else on the set except Jim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I had a really tight, you know, schedule as far as money went. And uh, they, uh, you know, their time was up. They walked, they had to walk away. Yeah. But the camera was fixed. It was running. The, the final, the final frontier. Two men in a de- two men in a desert. You know what I mean? What an ending! What an ending to that film. We won't tease it for anybody who's never seen it. But my goodness, mm. you know what I mean? My goodness, yeah, it's one of those things. I was bummed with the firing squad scene. How so? Well, because I thought I was finally doing something where I didn't get killed. <laughs> 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 And we're out in the woods where it's nice and peaceful. Nothing is interfering with the shots. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we get to kill Ricky Prickles and barbecue his eyes. And yeah. <laughs> all is wonderful. And then crazy. on this barrel uh, and shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Blow his top. They blow his top. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And that is Greece, right? That's Greece. Hell yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's it's extra virgin olive oil. I make it my bedroom. <laughs> yes. It's great. Anybody out there who's never seen the Greasy Strangler? Go see the Greasy Strangler. I, you can, I believe you can. You any way you can, you know, you can go buy it anywhere. Um, and I believe it's streaming on IMDb TV. I believe at this moment, it's yeah, very- it's on Amazon. And Amazon, buy, go buy it. Just go buy it. You'll. It's worth buying. Like I said, it's one. I watch a lot of movies that are comedy, independent films, and like they, you'll see a lot that fall short. But this is one you can put faith in and purchase because you'll enjoy it. You know what I mean? Um, and Michael is phenomenal. I wanted to say that. I wanted to say that you're a great actor. And you. when, you're, when you're on screen, 
you you take charge. It don't matter whoever whoever else is around. You, you, eyes are on you, uh, and you give phenomenal performances for real. I just wanted to say that. You know what I mean? Well, I hope yeah. I hope I get to do more. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, COVID came at a really crazy time. I mean, what, what can you say about that? But, uh, yeah, you know, you, 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 we often, whenever we have independent filmmakers and such on the show, we talk about the momentum that everybody kind of gathered and, you know, going, mm-hmm. to con- going to conventions, film festivals and all that. And you build up a repertoire and, and a relationship with your audience. And then you, like, take two years of, like, nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but- but I think people are going to be rushing back in a good way. I think they're going to be going back to conventions. They're going to be like just loving the fact to get out and be able to do that again. And I think, you know, the, 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 the movie making process too, will probably get new filmmakers that go, Hey, we could have just died. I think I'm going to try and make movies. So. Yeah. I was surprised they were, uh, it was the subject of a class at USC. Really? Yeah. Uh, a couple student films for them because of that, which I haven't seen. Uh, I kept asking, you know, can I have a DVD? And they, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And never got them. But yeah, uh, and I did. Uh, I did a thesis film uh, uh, in Syracuse, and that was nice. I got. I got to take the train across country. And they said, well, we can only pay you the two travel days, the one to and from. I said, I don't care. I mean, you know, I would much rather sit on a train for four days than a plane for four hours. Right. I agree with that. Wander around, meet people. In fact, I met somebody on the train coming back who was sitting at the dinner table that I was at. And he kept staring at me, and he says, "You know, you look like that guy from the Greasy Strangler." <laughs> <laughs> he was a, a professor of English at a Midwestern college, and uh, he was impressed with the film. Also, yeah. it really is a good movie. And, and to go with what you were saying about the fam- family film, I think they on and people that are, would consider them to be more higher IQ like professors, I think can still enjoy the film because it has that wackiness that everybody mm-hmm. loves. And it does have that family element, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's, it's like a broken family coming together that get a little more broken, you know, sometimes they get a little more broken. They don't get, they don't quite fix, you know, but uh, they're broken together, which is the, mm-hmm. the heart of the story at the end, is that even though what's better, being broken by yourselves or being broken together, being broken together, you know what I mean? Do you want to tell anybody where they can locate you or like on the social medias or anything like that or websites? Uh, if you, well, there's, I have I think three or four Facebook pages, but if you need to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of Rebecca K. Feldman. Uh and she's at Bix at the Bix dot co co, uh, and uh, she will take care of you. Yeah, or me. <laughs> <laughs> Both. I'm on the laundry list of demands now. I'm, I'm, I love that because of the greasy strangler. I get to wave with it, like taking the train across country. 
<laughs> but they're all worth it. Definitely get out there. Get Mike in your movie, man. He'll, he will make your film better. And that's not me just saying because he's a guest. He will make your film better for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do guarantee improvements. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, we hope everybody enjoyed the episode. If you enjoyed the episode, check out more episodes. And uh, support everybody on the screen right now. We all love it. You know what I mean? We're on social medias. Um, you know, you can check this out. We got Boombasticast on all streaming platforms of podcasts. We have a Boombastic Media YouTube page. And we have a Boombastic streaming Patreon for anybody out there who likes to support financially. So, with that oh, being said, One other thing. Yeah. Uh, on... Uh... YouTube, I think there's a thing called It's a Bad Idea. Uh, that's my acting class uh, where I work with really good people. But you should, uh, we're trying to get subscriptions. So everybody should go find that. It's a Bad Idea. And uh, subscribe to it. I'm going to go subscribe to that right now. And everybody else should do that at home. Please. <laughs> and thank you. We'll catch everybody on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Yeah! yeah.